February 9, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro show. Have you ever heard anything about philosophy? Well, uh, I... What have you read? I'll tell you what I've read. You know these books that they put out, uh, books, this made simple, that made simple, law of science. Uh-huh. Well, they got one called philosophy made simple. Uh-huh. Well, I read that. Well, that's the only thing I actually read all the way through. And I bought a few books, those things, uh, something I picked up about language, truth, uh, logic. You know, like stuff like that, I just picked up and something I get into, man, and I don't get any further than first few pages, you know, and then I start looking around and try to find things. What do you think you're looking for? Like, uh, you're interested in philosophy, I mean, what kind of... I don't know. That's what I, I mean. I don't think it's really that, that I'm looking for is an end, you know. But it seems to be something in it that I'm trying to like, you know. I guess it's just for seeing what I finally decided that it would be a good idea to see what other people thought about it. You know, it makes people think better than I did, you know. Mm-hmm. See what they uh, think about uh, living, just you know, life. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. People eating trolls, wearing people disguises. She'll make you work for it, then she'll make you sing. You can see the tan line round her wedding ring. She's a blessed woman with a fortunate life. A very good mom and a terrible wife. Thought you were immune, thought you'd be strong. But all you got was a trophy with your name spelled wrong. Sleeps all day, she bathes in milk Hunts her prey at night in a robe of silk Now she never felt a thing, never felt remorse Said she loves you but she won't get a divorce You're a blessed man with a fortunate wife A solid breadwinner with a terrible life Thought you were immune, thought you'd be strong But all you got was a trophy with your name spelled wrong The hourglass won't flip back over Too late to close the barn door Don't wear your diamonds to the grocery store Pipes don't freeze Left you standing all alone With a beard of bees You'll never stop chasing All that you'll never know You guess it's easier to stay Than to pack up and go She's a blessed woman With a fortunate life A very good mom And a terrible wife Thought you were immune Thought you'd be strong But all you got was a trophy With your name spelled wrong
Watch for Pedro Show. Started off this edition. John Coltrane talking to August Bloom in 1958 about philosophy. And we had Matt North, the trophy case. Because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me. <laughs> brother Matt North, welcome aboard, brother Matt. How Thanks for doing? having me. I've been Absolutely. looking forward to it. And let's curious about your journey through music. So let's try to go far back as we can with your earliest musical recollection, please, Matt. Yeah. I'm, I'm always proud to say I started by playing drums in a garage to the very first Devo album. I mean, I grew up in Champaign, Illinois. Um, college town. College town. But also uh, a sister there, town of Urbana, right? Yeah, Champaign-Urbana. Right. And there was a combination of a really fantastic indie rock scene. I guess we didn't call it, it, back, we didn't call it that back then. Are you but, talking about Mabel's? I am talking about Mabel's. Mabel's and the Blind Pig, those were two clubs sure. I grew up playing at in bands. I mean, the core of where I come from was just, you know, your classic American garage band, a bunch of teenagers trying to figure it out. Well, I but think like there was said, a couple arena rock. I think Star Castle might have been. <laughs> yep. The, the All the big national acts came in and played at the university. I got to see some really fun. Right, no, I, you mean Star Castle wasn't from Champaign? I, I think maybe Adrian Ballou, maybe. Uh... Adrian Ballou, uh, for a time, lived in Champaign. I think it was called Star Course Productions, you might be remembering. Ah, um, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what yeah. about Ario Speedwagon? And REO Speedwagon, they were they originated in Champaign. You know, okay. it's funny. So not just all deal. indie stuff. There was some major. What I got the funniest image, man. I tell you, one time we were playing at some pad in the valley here called the Plant, and the singer of REO was at the gig, and he has this rap with D Boone after the gig, and and just the image of him talking with his designer jeans and big hair. Yes, and but D Boone. You know, it, it, I got to hand it to the guy. The guy was very respectful for D. Boone and D. Boone right back. You know, because at the bottom of, at the end of the day, it's music, right? Music is music. Right. So that was a beautiful well, thing. What it, what it said to me, you know, growing up in that community, and to add on to REO Speedwagon, in the state, guys who would regularly come down and play in Champagne, either at Mabel's or when they were up and coming in a bar called the Red Lion, we had Cheap Trick. And uh, also They're more by the Quad Cities, though, right? Right. They're from Rockford and the Quad City areas, but they would play there. All it said to me was, you know, growing up in this small Midwestern college town, it was this thing right in front of my face of what was possible. Right, right, Regardless right. of taste. Re regardless of taste. Talk about taste. What about the fight in the Illini with blue and orange for colors? <laughs> oh, man. I can do it. I'll tell you what I can do without that. A whole town... With orange everywhere in your face. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to be living in Nashville now where none of that's here. Oh, well, if you go over to Knoxville, there's some orange there with the Vols. You're absolutely... Oh, and it's a horrible... It's a, an atrocious uh, shade of orange. What, what, were they, what were they thinking? I don't know. Maybe they weren't, Matt. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Oh, man. First record I bought with my own money. It's... You know something? It was probably... An early, I think it would say an early Devo album. Okay. I started drumming when every fifth grader in the country had to learn the groove to whip it. So, oh, and that's after Alan, though, right? That is, but that came in, and then I got their first so, one because no, I no, I mean, if you're going to talk drums about Devo, we got to talk about Alan, right? Exactly. Well, oh, what man. he did on their and he cover quits, of, right? He quits to be an electrician. Yes. Yes. 
And I heard him, the groove he did on their cover of the Rolling Stones. Satisfaction, Satisfaction is just, great. It's so fucking it, bitching. Yeah. To me, it it's like in the tradition of Jackie Leipzig from Cannes. It's a weird right. form of funk. I mean, Jackie did this German idea of funk. Actually, they use funk for the word television over there. <laughs> it's a little right. different than our funk. <laughs> but, uh, okay, what was the first gig you went and saw? The first Oh, speaking of REO Speedwagon, I would have to, the first big concert I went to, I was 11, probably 11, maybe 12 years old. And this was when, yeah, REO Speedwagon was, they had five songs on the charts and they came through Champaign, Illinois. I was probably in the fifth grade. I have an older brother, a bunch of his friends from high school all went to the show. And I just, it was the first time I'd ever seen anything, not only on that scale, but these guys who were from our community and at that time were experiencing all this success. Yeah. Uh, and they put on a great show. You well, know, can I, I ask mean, you a uh, personal question? Absolutely. Did you ride that storm out? <laughs> we, I, we, I certainly did. I rode that storm out okay. all the way to the what, West What about grade school uh, in a, uh, high school, junior high? Were you in the marching band or the choir shit like that? I did it. I did it all. I, I was lucky in that I was a kid who got to play, you know, bands that were doing original songs. Yeah. Uh, there were all these guys in the college that were looking for drummers. And so I played right. in bands that were, you know, we were inspired by the replacements and the clash and REM. This well, was the well, age. Let me ask you, time, how did you get your how did you get your first kit? My first kit. Great question. I walked. <laughs> I detasseled corn for an entire summer. Whoa. Uh, in <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, some more jobs. Make, <laughs> I, I worked for it. My parents yeah, yeah. knew my parents knew I was real serious about this. There were two high school kids in my neighborhood with drums in their garage. Their parents started calling my parents saying, your kid needs to stop coming over here. He's knocking on the door during dinner time asking if he can play the drums. And um, they were all really sweet about it. But my parents, you know, they got me one of those like Sears and Roebuck kits that was torn apart within a week. And yeah. It just when it became time where I really wanted a professional kit or just a quality kit. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to make me earn it and, and, and learn what that felt like. And I got a summer job working in cornfields and uh, earned the money to pay for it. Well, I'm curious. I'm really where did you learn to practice? Where did you learn? Where did you get? To, did they let you practice at the pad in your bedroom or the garage or where? In that, I had really cool parents. They absolutely did. Now, I was what we used to call a latchkey kid. And I would come home from school and they weren't home. My parents didn't get home until six or seven o'clock. Ah, so yeah, you could practice. Yeah, yeah. And so I practiced and uh, just put on vinyl. You know, listen to vinyl. And in the school with, band, you, what would you do in the, the the bass drum or the the triple drums no, or the field drum? I, I did. I did. I did snare drum snare freshman drum. year. So all you the can way play to uh, traditional year. grip then. I learned traditional. I, I played traditional grip and match grip. I had really great instruction because all these guys at the University of Illinois and their marching band were these yeah. hot shot drum corps guys from the sure. Phantom Regiment and the Cavaliers. And I would take lessons from them. This was the greatest thing about growing up in a college town. Yeah, like resource, Campaign. resource. The, exactly. And it was a big town. I mean, Chicago, all the great Chicago jazz musicians right now fed out of the University of Illinois. And those guys were my teachers. I got to play them. I got a healthy dose. They got a good of, music uh, program. I heard it was mainly a doctor school. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's, there, it's always been a fantastic music school at, okay, at the University right. of Illinois and the, and the jazz program. Uh, I, I, I didn't know, 
I knew what I was growing up watching was very special. But, you know, when you're 13 years old or four, you might think, well, this is what every city has. Yeah, but of course. No, no they, they didn't. You know, I, I was exposed. Man, I grew up in Navy housing. I thought the the rest of the world was like Navy housing. Like everybody lived, everybody was sailor sons and you could live next to oh. each other and be no problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, you gave me this music here. Burial Grounds. I want to play that. Great. They raise the ticket prices And then say they'll come after a bank Take you out to the ball game Yeah, if we had any gas in the tank you See the fireworks in the distance Yeah, if we listen, we can hear the sounds Our team is cursed playing home games Over those in the unburial ground They never stay up after a bank They never stay up after a bank They never know the way you care They never let you slide into home play Do we care if we ever go back? 
hit the last page I didn't even look I think I locked it in a cage Wrote a novel Cause everybody wants to read a novel It started with the word And it started pretty well About a rare and fragile bird That I couldn't even spell on the table I left it on the table I found the last page in the sky Cold and sweet like an apple Found you and now the story has its proper It's alive in a long time All the streets are warm today
bar and my beer And maybe somebody listening
great. We loved you. It was a home run and a bullseye. You couldn't have done it any better. We're gonna go with the other guy. Maybe next time, maybe next year. So they leave you in the dark. You never knew it hurt so bad. Coming so close and missing the mark. I'll be at the Formosa Cafe. Formosa the day. I'll be down in Hollywood forever. Below a wilted bouquet. I'll find my own watering hole. For the head cold in my soul, and they'll keep serving you a mayonnaise sandwich on a silver tray. Red ribbons, silver medals, go better with my hair and eyes. Like Bobby Knight throwing a chair, I'll take a second place first prize. Bring me flowers, pebbles, and stones. I'll be waiting in a place for God. You know it doesn't hurt so bad. Coming so close and missing the plot. I'll be at the Formosa Cafe. Formosa of the day. I'll be down in Hollywood forever. Below a wilted bouquet. I'll find my own watering hole for the head cold. Soul, and they'll keep serving you a mayonnaise sandwich on a silver tray. I'll be at the Formosa Cafe. Formosa of the day. I'll be down in Hollywood forever. Below a wilted bouquet. I'll find my home, watering home. For the head cold in my soul, where I'll be serving you a mayonnaise sandwich. Big fat mayonnaise sandwich. I'll be down in Hollywood under the stars on a silver tray. Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off with Matt North doing Burial Ground. By the way, people, Illinois, Illini, this is the name of the native people that up the river. I learned from uh, Arkansas down the river. There were some hot springs in Arkansas where the Illinois... Illini could, there's no fighting allowed, right? So like the, it turned into the bathhouses with the mafia and stuff. Same kind of rules, <laughs> no fighting. Okay, then we had a brand new out of Alaska, Muskeg Mudsuck with the Great Coconut Migration. Uh, Kishi Bashi with the retrospective a demo of Arigato version of Manchester. Northern Jaw, brand new out of Strong Beach here, Warnings. Ben Salter out of Tasmania with Desperation. Crushed by Pimps out of South London. Social Conscience, and their buddies Tom Moody and the all-new Greatest Hit Band with Animals Close Up and a Wide-Angle Lens. Electro Capra out of Italy with La Uomo Dalla Frusta da Oro. Uh, yeah, Capra, huh? Goat, electric goat. Yeah. Bom- Bomas Brendan out of D.C. area. Ruminations of the Rest in Roomba. 
brand new from out of St. Louis, Missouri, with Jason Stein, Damon Smith, Adam Shedd, Heterodox Cemetery, Agnes Steck, Belmont, Texas now. Chris Grover. Robust lines at the margin. Finally, of course, only Matt North could write a song called Hollywood Forever. <laughs> he has incredible experience with the Hollywood scene. Actually, I think that's what the name of the graveyard is called. Hey, that's where the title came from. I and, lived in Hollywood. Ah, then you know, because there's a statue of Johnny, and there's a. Actually, there's a. There's not a statue, but there's a gravestone of Dee Dee, and it says, "I gotta right. go." And you know, that's what he told me, and I thought he was just saying that to me, but I guess whenever he bailed, he said, "Gotta go now." <laughs> <laughs> so you got some Hollywood. Well, let's go before that because I want to know about like after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon. Did you do the? I mean, you were talking about some man alone stuff, but yeah. what about and, and your latchkey? So you got the domain, but did you bring buddies over to do the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band? Yes, I did. I had a friend up the block as a fantastic guitarist, became a great songwriter, and we were each other's first band ever since we were eleven or twelve years old. So it was a combination of jamming along to albums. I played, the, you know, man, Devo, Zeppelin, The Who, uh, the very, very early police albums when they were much more punk and experimental. I was really into that. Uh, of course, every 12-year-old in the early 80s, Mount Everest was learning how to play Rush's Tom Sawyer. Had to conquer that. <laughs> but, uh, Neil, yeah. Neil Pert, right? I believe that's it. And I think, yeah, I, I I think he ended up writing the words for those guys, too. Well, that's I'll tell you what. That's what I always noticed more so. I was more a fan of how he contributed to the band as a lyricist. And that kind of gave me a little bit of a window of thinking, oh, I don't have to, I can be in a band and I don't have to just drum. I can do other stuff. That was one of my first influences to try to write songs. It wasn't Neil Peart's drumming. It was well, like, I, read the liner notes. Well, you hip to uh, people like... Uh, My son's middle name is Levon. Yeah, well, and, he uh, sang... And Stuart Copeland from The Police oh, had yes, a really cool too. side project. And you I, know, Henley, yeah, the guy, his phrasing, and I've always said, when a guy plays the drums and sings at the same time, which which I can do it, but when I make a record, I'm not making it that way. But yeah, of course. There's something really special about Levon Helm's phrasing, Don Henley's phrasing, yeah. the way they sound, because while they're singing, they're playing the drums, and it's all connected. It's like, I call it a fifth limb. You know, we move our four limbs to play the drums, but your your vocals, that's the fifth limb. And when you increase that, you know, I can, I can relate, all, man, because, connected. you know, I'm always working with drummers. I'm part of that rhythm section. And and it seems like there's connects, too, with kick drum and cymbals. And when yeah. You, when, yeah, it's not everything, well, or maybe more parts of the body are more equal than the others. But things are like, connect, you know, we're not machines. No. Things are no, connected. I've always, when I work with a songwriter and I'm strictly there to be the drummer, it's all about finding the relationship between the kick and the snare drum, what's right for the song, and how am I going to follow the vocal. That's what I do. I mean, I try to make a mixture of how I love the way Ringo, when you listen to him, he yeah. follows the vocal. When sure. you listen to Charlie Watts, he follows Keith. Yeah, so sure. I try to live somewhere in the middle. Both of those guys are huge influences. But, yeah, it's 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 all connected. But it, to me, it's all about following the vocal and but even physically, that, right? If you if you make a if you make a crash on a cymbal, you have to be a strong man to keep that kick from wanting to pull with it. Right. Yeah. Right. So there must and be some. The right I, I think with singing and phrasing, there might be little tugs like that way too. 
Yeah. And it's about picking the right spot. I was when I was living in L.A., there was this big warehouse. I was in a band we used to practice. And I remember going to the vending machine and some other guy was talking about the drummer in his band. And he just goes, oh, man, our drummer, he's so good. He doesn't even hit the crash cymbal. <laughs> and it was, you know, these little tiny moments when you're developing as a musician. Yeah. It's not you don't remember paragraphs. You don't remember long, long stories. Me, not. I always remember yeah. little tiny sentences people Excerpts. say. Yeah. And that guy said that, and it made me think, yeah, you know, I'm going to start studying songs, and there's all these moments you have an impulse, oh, I'll hit a crash symbol, because that's what I guess I'm supposed to do. But if you don't hit the crash, if you don't play a drum fill, it can completely change the song, make the song better. You know what I, I call that? Do. You know what I call that, Matt? Because I have to do what it, do too. Call? Um, I call it work in the hole. Yes. Oh, that's great. You're playing like holes. You know, rhythm guys, we got to play holes because we got to make room for those. Remember, the, uh, the politics of rhythm guys is really interesting. You, We look good making them look good. Right. <laughs> I love it. Right. So you got to work. Mean, you got to almost see into the future. Exactly. You got to make exactly. room for it's these about, cats. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, look, it's you're about talking about California. Play. Tell me how that happened. What ha okay, tell me, what, what happens after high school? Do you want to go to higher education for music? It, it's funny. Drums are the only reason in music that I got into college. I did not do well with my grades or the ACTs. I got I got offered scholarships to go play drums at different schol at different colleges. I I won that state. There's a state competition in every state. You know, the kids who go through these uh high school music competitions or whatever. Sure. I, I won the Illinois state drum set competition my senior year. Next thing I knew I was approached like an athlete to play basketball at what like different colleges made me offers. And I went down to North Texas state university Denton. on, on scholarship to, to play drums. Denton. And, uh, I was down there for a year. Is that Denton? I learned a lot down in Denton, Texas. Yeah, I yeah. just played there a couple months ago at Rubber Gloves. Yeah, Man, and I played, I'll I, tell you, I played a gig at that school and I asked for paper for a set list and they gave me staff paper, you know, for manuscript. <laughs> right. It was, it was interesting. I, I was there down the hall in my practice building was Matt Chamberlain, who at the time... He's from Pedro! Yes. Yes. <laughs> I ain't from Pedro. Well, I came you know, here when I was nine, but he actually is from here. Right. Well, I remember my first few semesters of my first few months of my freshman year. I remember Matt Chamberlain taking his drums out of the practice. He's going, "Yeah, I'm in this band called Edie Burkell and the New Bohemians. I guess one of our songs on the charts. We're going to see how it goes." You know, and over the years, he's just one of the most. She ended after. up marrying Paul Simon. She did. <laughs> she did. Shows to go. So, was it a good experience? Besides, you know, the music part of. Uh, 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 going to school. I'm going to say yes and no. Here's what I liked about North okay. Texas. I, I put myself around. It's it's known as it's kind of the Harvard of jazz. It's sure. one of the most competitive music schools. On one hand, the competition was good because it makes everybody work harder. Yeah. On the other hand, eh, it was the kind of school where they knew the money they were making with their reputation. They had 150 drummers in the program. Whoa. I was doing I was doing fine, but I'm just a guy who, you know, I like I, I like a reasonable amount of competition. That doesn't bother me. But when music when starts music getting becomes, like sports, it's terrible, right? When yeah, when music becomes a competitive sport, yeah, that's yeah. where I check out. Yeah, I don't fuck do that. it. To, yeah, yeah. I don't I was there. I had a real clear right vision when you, I was eighteen I'm years right old. With you. 
You know what I mean? I had a real clear vision when I was 18 years old, the, the kind of musician I wanted to be. And I wasn't going to go on and get a doctorate degree in music. I didn't see it that way. I wanted to make original music with songwriters and be in a band. And I loved the whole entrepreneurial. So I started playing in bands where we'd go to Kinko's and get a staple gun and run around town and put the paper up. And, you know, sure. I still had that spirit in me. And, and but I, I stayed there for a year and uh, went back to Champaign, Illinois. I was invited to join the University of Illinois Jazz Band. And the director was a guy I grew up studying under. He knew me. He knew how I played. He knew my aesthetic. And right at the time, it was perfect. They were going to go on a tour of Russia. They, we spent the whole summer in 1991 in Russia and Ukraine touring as a 21-piece as a jazz orchestra. Oh, that was my first like real experience touring and playing in front of huge crowds it was it was just ridiculous man I, so, I, I, a lot of cats can't say that <laughs> the first big, big tour was rushing ukraine no <laughs> no it's 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 bizarre when i think about it it's, that's beautiful though that's really beautiful but you know you got to get to the part where you get to california but we're out of time here we're at the end of the first hour february 9th 2022 edition of the wap for pedro special guest matt north hold time for two February 9, 2022, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Passive aggressive makes me aggressive. Abusive power when I find a
I, I hear you. Me too. Those are the ones I'm, uh, you, you know, know, they I asked me about the old days and I say it was about people. I think the new days is about people. It gets down to that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and also, you know, the spirit of wanting to play, you know, there's yeah. something about that and it's contagious. I want to pick up. Let's tell people what we, we just heard. Start off second hour. Matt North doing no hard feelings. Then Kato Hideki with Savage. Burns, Kaloya, Hayward with BCH Alev. Pardon my fucking shitty friend. I'm so sorry. sorry, sorry. Freud from Tim Holhouse, New Woman, PNC. And then finally, the last angry man from Matt North. And we're continuing his story. He has uh, gone back uh, to Illinois. He's done his first tour, Russia, Ukraine. Now you come back. Now, how do you get to California? When I got out of college, I got a job working for Mother Jones Magazine as oh, yeah. a fact checker. Yeah, in San Francisco. Okay, what, like as a journalist? So, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was, I just saw an ad at the back of Mother Jones Magazine that they were taking applications for internships. Me. But they weren't asking for a drummer, Francisco. right? They're, they're asking for a journalist. They weren't asking for a drummer, but all I saw, you know, they were based in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. That looked like a fun city to go to. Sure. I end up in San Francisco. It was an exciting time. It was 1994, 95. I remember going to the Paradise Lounge and seeing uh, Green Day before they became what they were. I, I went and watched that band. You're talking Eleventh Street, yeah, by Slim's, a block from Slim. I used to play. Yep. I played there with uh, Jonathan Richmond. I know it's yes. upstairs. I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I love Jonathan Richmond. Um, <laughs> but his drumming made him made him play with towels on the tops. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay he turned his amp around <laughs> oh that's great no but that was where i went i went to san francisco worked for mother jones magazine in the day it bounced around town looked for people to play drums with and just did the thing you know that's that's so, how i so got you out stayed of norcal you didn't come to socal i did not i went to northern okay. california first okay oh but you ended up here i ended up down in los angeles okay. uh 1998 Stayed, okay. stayed in San Francisco for about three or four years. Yeah. Expensive town. Oh, yes, it is. At I one, feel at lucky, one point though. it wasn't, but it got by the 90s. Yeah, it started. Yeah. I saw the beginning of all that. I feel like I got maybe two years of San Francisco yeah. when it had that whole spirit. But then, man, I remember standing. Here's where I decided to leave San Francisco when I was standing in a 60 foot long line just to talk to a landlord about if he would take my application to live in that rental. Well, damn. It was, you know, it it was getting insane. Yeah. So, uh, what part and when of someone says, "Hey, it's a lot," when someone says, "Hey, it's a lot more affordable to live in Los Angeles yeah. than San Francisco," but, I mean, what, but you know, SoCal is like 150 towns. Which part? Southern Cal. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm in, right I'm in into, the harbor, right? I'm in Pedro, but we got. You fly over; it looks like one town, but it's actually 150 towns. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I've always. It's not, you know, Los Angeles. It's uh, there's just no me, space like, between any of the parts. But people don't know the next town. <laughs> no, they don't. It, I, once I lived in Los Angeles, I realized, oh, this is like twenty small towns crushed <laughs> side by side. Yeah. There's no center. No, the place they call downtown is way, way south of everything. But yeah, I lived yeah. in Los Feliz and. Oh, the happy. Okay, Los Feliz. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, actually kind of spendy there. Kind of fancy yeah. a little bit. A little, little, little bit, a little bit. I mean, everything's close. Silver Lake, Echo Park, actually get some good music scenes around there. Atwater Village, that's where the Beastie Boys had their studio over, above a plumbing shop. Right. Yeah, look, I want to play this up. Holding it together, right? <laughs> my ba my daily creed. <laughs> <laughs> Holding it together. 
right below the surface where a landmine sits. One wrong move, and I'll blow us all to bits. I've been bumping into things, I've been spilling all my drinks. My gut is overflowing, and I watch while the foundation sinks. I've been laying low, I've been laying low. I blame it on the weather, blame it on the weather. I don't want anyone to know. I'm over here trying to hold it together. Kill them all with kindness Somehow they come back from the dead So I keep killing them with kindness It's better for my head I reinvented, reinvented But I still have the same face My hindsight is 50-50 And I always end up back in the same place Trying to hold it together To hurl. Think I'm cutting out of the circus. I think I'll run off and join the world. I've been laying low. I've been laying low. But nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. And when I got nowhere to go, I'll be over here trying to hold. Before I get too old. I'm over here, here, here Holding it all together
Pedro Show that chunk of music started off with Matt North doing holding it together. The brand new from Plus Dog Colon A Plus Dog with Feedback. Rubber O Cement, they're from uh, East Bay, Oaktown. The cleanest tongue leaks mu- muco- mucositis mayhem on Info Sensorium. They fucking titles, man. Uh, Boyakira with It Doesn't Help. Ray Shin, Incongruous Caravan. And finally, Matt North with Miss. Communication, a little pun rock. Uh, I like this. Miscommunication, we're talking. It's honorific, huh? It's not the word. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, how long are you here? What, do, do you get to drum yet? Now, are you moving drums with you as you're moving around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the drums with me everywhere I go. Okay. You know? So, in Los Feliz, are you playing drums with people? Yes. I got I got involved in a band. This was great, because I'm a guy who, like I told you, grew up playing. I, I played in rock bands, but a lot of my education was from these great jazz and blues drummers in Illinois and Chicago. Yeah. I get to Los Angeles. I get invited to join a band called the Buxotics, and the lead singer was Rita D. Albert, who was in the Pandora. Yeah, yeah. Columbia. Okay. This was the first time I ever got to really be in a band. And all they were doing were doing covers from the Nuggets compilation, right, the 60s. Sonics, the Standells, yeah. the Music Machine, all of that. And it just completely changed me because suddenly I was in a cover band playing recordings. You know, the drummers on the recordings were 16, 17 years old. <laughs> and, and it was really cool because I, I grew up, with great jazz and blues instructors and was really skilled and it helped me maintain that technique, but shift my thinking back to having an attitude of, I just want to play like a teenager and forget about perfection, forget about nailing it and giving a perfect take and all that kind of stuff that sure it's fine in other mediums, but this approach, it just was this whole spirit and scene in Los Angeles. I got to be a part of, uh, kind of right before the white stripes exploded and and the yeah yeah yes and all these the the garage rock became what the record labels were were pursuing um i was a part of that scene and and just got to play all those rooms uh al's bar and downtown yeah yeah, silver lake right all these great 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 rooms you know and just to just to be near that it just got in my dna and uh it was something i'd never been near before in the midwest now, it didn't and, last, uh, right? One more. T- I'm sorry. It didn't last. You left California. Oh, absolutely. I stayed in L.A. until 2010. So I was there for 13 years. Oh, that's a good that's a good shift. 
Yeah, it was a good shift. And I, I moved out, came to Nashville. It was at this time where I'd become a father. Hey, L.A. is great. <laughs> I always say there's two kinds of musicians, the yeah. musicians who have kids and the musicians who don't. Have Absolutely. Kids. And we all have to go about our choices differently. Absolutely. Uh, I learned we, that with my pop being a sailor. Yeah. You know, so we could have stayed in L.A. It would have been who knows? Who knows? I don't have a crystal ball, but we sure our son was five years old. And if you're going to move a kid, that's kind of the last, that's a good time to do it. I agree. And, and uh, I moved, you know, when I was younger, I didn't want to move him when he was eight or nine or 12 years. I just, you know, thought, Hey, you know, I want to put him in, I want to get in one town. We're sure. going to stay there. We're going to raise him there. It was either going to be Austin, te Texas or, or Nashville. I love Nashville. I knew enough people here so that I wasn't terrified to move here. But I didn't come here with any big job waiting for me or anything. I just knew I was going to come here. and There is a lot of recording work done there, though. That's what attracted me. I feel Austin, Texas is mostly a live music town. Sure. There's great studios. There's great studios there. But Nashville, I, I'm a guy. I like, I like industry. I like recording studios. I want to be around the publishing companies. You know, and so that's, that's actually, what you know what? Me. The bookers now are there, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nashville has turned into a real music town. And uh, it is not just I, I think Jack White contributed a lot when he moved here. It is not just a country music town. I mean, that's a big part of the community, of course. But every everything is here. It's it's uh, it's a great place. You know, We're lucky ICA, you know, you know, the big booker, you know, speed uh, sports guys and stuff, you know, all kind of. Yeah, it's in the middle of the country too. I think that has that kind of an advantage. You know, it's not on one side; it's right in the middle. So, kind of central. You're right. Yeah, I remember it was hard to go out being in a band in L.A. It was a long drive to San Francisco, a long drive in traffic to San Diego, a long drive. Oh to yeah. Phoenix. But you know, in Nashville, if you're playing in a band that's going to go out and play another show in another city, you're there by lunchtime. Right, right. You know, you're ready to go. And uh, you can get over to Memphis in two hours, Knoxville in two hours, right. Louisville, Kentucky, Atlanta, Georgia. Everything is right by. So it's it's perfect for that. Right, right. And like you said, music is music. And, you know, a lot of those country bands were because the bus companies, too, were big in Nashville. I mean, music is, is a multifaceted thing, man. And like you were saying about some of the stuff those people are missing in Denton, it's more than just tests about harmony <laughs> yeah yeah right we're at the end of the second hour here february 9 2022 edition what peter so special guest matt north hold tight for hour three february 9 2022 it's the third hour of what for peter's i'm not sentimental i drive me a rental car it'll take me twice as far as the
Mrs. Laddie Red brick house with aluminum siding Above ground pool by a chain link fence The next door neighbor, she's a little bit dense I got radon gas coming through my floor Concrete lines on my front porch Little swing sets out right in the sun The next door neighbor, she's waving her gun There's a hard rain in my front yard Sunny and dry in my backyard Whatever the time, there's time to kill It's a good day in Nashville
Watch for Pedro Show started the third hour of uh, Rob. This ain't Matt North. This is Rob Kent. I'm not. That's right. Oh, the only non-Matt North tune I'm playing from my guest this edition, people. Then SLW and Bob Bucko Jr. out of Iowa with Wonders in the Sack. Night. Well, like my Italian friends say, Niagara. (laughs) 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 I told him it was a native word. (laughs) Anyway. Felix Three Guarda Costas uh, Coast Guard and uh, Nosuka uh, Minima Moralia and finally Matt North with a good day in Nashville appropriate appropriate but enlighten us to this Rob Kent too oh man that was from an album the song's called I'm Not Sentimental from an album called I'm Not Sentimental Rob Kent I to this day one of the best songwriters I've ever drummed for. And that's probably how I got into recording and producing. I played drums for Rob in Los Angeles two or three years. And I just started nudging him. Hey, let's get in the studio. By the way, let me produce you. <laughs> and yeah. and, he, and he let me. And we the track you played, I'm Not Sentimental, I yeah. want to say there's a great harmonica oh, yeah. part on there. Uh, that was Tommy Morgan. Tommy okay. Morgan uh, was one of the Wrecking Crew guys. Sure, sure, he played sure. On, uh, he played, he did the bass harmonica part on the Pets, on Pet Sounds. He did the, you know, the theme for the Waltons and the Rockford Files. Just incredible resume, Tommy Morgan. And he came in to I the session one day. I see his picture on the bulkhead over there at, what's it, they call it now, Alliance United. Yes. Uh, you know, it was called Ocean Way. And that, oh, I got to record special. there a couple months ago. Yeah, and I, I saw him. Uh, okay, okay. Because, you know, I wanted to ask you about all this Matt North music. Now, this is you getting into being, you know, a singer-songwriter, drummer right. man. But it was Rob Kent. He was the gateway man. I'd, I'd say yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Rob's one of these guys. Speaking of my background with Mother Jones Magazine, to right now, Rob Kent is the editor-in-chief of American Theater Magazine in New York City. He's like the top. He's like the top theater critic. Uh, and it all ties and connects to his songwriting skills. This is a guy who really understands plays and theater and tell, how to tell a story. Yeah, and which is he, a big he, thing about song. See, the arts are united. They're not all splintered up and diffused. Exactly. I mean, I've done different things to pay the bills and pursued different things. I've always been a drummer. That's kind of my core thing. But it's all it's all feeding into what I'm doing right now, writing songs. But you're correct, Rob Kent. That experience was the gateway for it. Uh, you know, you just you just get around these guys. Nobody puts their arm around me and says, I'm going to show you how to do this. But I get around people I admire, and I just tend to kind of absorb information and start to figure out what I wanted to do with it. And I always say I started writing songs in my 30s, and I started finishing them in my 40s. <laughs> and, and now I'm 52 years old, so... I think in my 70s, I'm going to start a boy band called Matt North and the Hip Replacements. <laughs> well, that's a trip, you know, because Gordon, you know, from the Violent Femmes told me, Mike, my whole thing is these songs I wrote when I was 17. Yeah. It's weird how songs are kind of connected to your journey. And I feel, speaking for myself, I never let go of what mattered to me when I was a teenager and I find a lot of other musicians say the same thing. I think the music we discover when we get our driver's license, the music we discover when we're starting to chase girls and it's all about that culture. That's to me, that's what I never let go of. I still put on all my old Iggy pop records just as much as any of my new records. I listen to ACDC. I listen to Zeppelin. I, 
always loved Michael Stipe and R.E.M. and everything those guys did. Yo, great drummer, That's, man. Oh, big eyebrow, big eyebrow. Very sweet, man. Not a lot of words. Very sweet. Paul Hart. Love that guy. Last Minute Mentor got to be with R.E.M. Oh, wow. No, they're, great, great they're just wonderful. Great cat. And uh, look, Murder Shows. Yes. The, the, the trippy title. <laughs> <laughs> That's...
Watford Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Matt North, Murder Shows. Then Al Margolis and Walter Wright. I just recorded four things for them for El Caban collab. Leaves recorded November 13, 2020. Finally, the Clutter family. Nobody loves you. Now, before you enlighten us to the Clutter family, enlighten us to this yes. Murder Shows. Oh, it's Murder Show. Get it, people? It's an adjective for a type of television show. Yes. I thought it was I like the, the show thing. was like kind of revealing, right? It's the adjective for murder. Confusing yeah. language, English. <laughs> no, that's, I, I like that's talking artistic. about how that's a song artistic. started. I like that. Yeah. No, I, my, I love looking at a song and remembering where it began. What was the little light bulb moment that went off in our heads that made us write the song? Murder shows. Is the, yeah, my wife sits down and watches these murder shows, 48 hours, Dateline, where it's all about some wife killing her husband, you know, <laughs> and I just remember it's the line. It's the opening line of the song. My wife sits around watching murder shows. She drinks Modelo's and paints her toes. I just saw her sitting there. I'll tell you one trippy kind of murder show. That's a little different. The Columbos, they always tell you who did it right at the beginning. The only exactly. mystery is how Peter Falk going to drive that motherfucker crazy into fucking confessing. That's right. That's the mystery. <laughs> I still watch thing. Columbo. Just one more thing. <laughs> yeah. And you can see the smoke coming out of the ears, you know, the eyes. <laughs> so, okay. Now, now, this Clutter family, you've done, you've done some stuff, some other yeah. stuff with these cats. Yeah. I did two records with the Clutter family. Those, okay. The Clutter family, two songwriters, Jim Earl and Chris Hobbs. These guys had day jobs writing for John Stewart, um, the comedian, John Stewart. He had The Daily Show. Uh, Jim Earl was a staff writer on The Daily Show. They've both done all kinds of comedy writing. And this is something I found living in Los Angeles. A lot of my friends that I've made as a musician were, were in the comedy community. I've rarely met a comedian who didn't, number one, play guitar or play some instrument or number two, have an amazing record. Club. I'll tell you drummer, man, Fred, Fred Armisen. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and, and I met these comedians and then became friends and discovered they're writing really good songs. And I did the same thing with the clutter family that I did with Rob Kent. Hey, let me produce you. I'm not going to, I just really wanted to get in the studio and document this stuff. Sure. Because I, you know, I've been in all kinds of bands for years where we work our ass off and it just goes up into the ether and we don't record or they don't think that way. And I'm always the guy in the band saying, come on, we got to we're all going to be 80 years. Yeah, old because let's you know, that, that's something. Let's yeah, but that took me a long time too, Matt. The idea that recordings are actually documents, because I'm thinking of a, 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 an old days when we were young Minutemen, they're flyers. This is how we get people to gigs. But no, at yeah. the end of the day, they're going to be documents when you ain't here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about it. I like making things that are permanent. And it, and and that's what I wanted to do with the Clutter family. And these guys, they were brilliant. And uh, the, those records to this day are some of the favorite things I've ever been a part of. Nobody thinks like these guys. So stand-up comedians, when you just treat them like musicians and let them do what they do, it's surprising. Those Clutter family records are worth well worth checking out big time big where can people find you on the internet mattnorth.net that's kind of the hub of that can take you to anywhere i'm doing all the 
You got that people, M-A-T-T-N-O-R-T-H dot net. Right there. You go there, and that'll take you to all the corporate whatever. Telephone poles where we staple up flyers, right? But that's that's his personal fanzine where nobody can filter his information. Man alone. Great thing. And and what do you got currently going right now? Right now, I'm doing that phase of uh, after you make an album, it's uh, what Tom Waits calls doing the dishes, right? Right, doing right, doing like the dishes. Yeah, but because of the situation, you mean you're going to springboard right out on tour? Probably not. We're going. I'm doing some. I'm going to be doing some live shows around Nashville. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm just always. I've got a whole batch of new tunes. I can't wait to start. So you're start you're re- you're ready for the next round? Okay. I'm I'm already ready to I'm ready to go. It's That's kinda, funny I, about I that. Down. When you get a record done, you're working on it, working on it. As soon as you're done, you're ready to start working. Another one. Yeah, you know what can I say? It's I love to. I write every day, even if I don't feel like it. And yeah. uh, my records just reflect what I'm willing to show you. You don't want to hear the other 15 vocal takes that I didn't take. You know, it's awful. <laughs> okay, you're very kind. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're I'm thinking yeah, of the listeners. <laughs> you're caring yeah, for the listeners. Yeah. And and you know I love this idea of the drummer man being a composer. Because yes. I gotta say, maybe it was a thing of arena rock, but this idea that they that some kind of subhuman uh, realm—bullshit! It's just another way of making art, and uh, I'm glad I think you're it's out my there se- to prove that. I feel like it's uh, it's my secret weapon. It's the thing that makes me do. All the songwriters I know in Nashville—they're wonderful. I'm a fan. They started on acoustic guitar. They play the writers' nights where it's them and a guitar. I don't do that. No. I don't play guitar well enough to do that. I play guitar well enough to write a song. But when I write a song, the first place I go is the drum. And I right. sit behind the drums and I work out the groove and I sing the song. I always say the drummer is kind of every song's first producer. I love but, it. I love it. You know what I mean? It's biggest the first mistake time Minuteman made was having Georgie in the back. You know, last 20 years I've had all my drummers downstage. They're right on the lip. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. rhythm music. Why be in denial? <laughs> Yeah. Matt, when you get this next thing done, will you come back on the show? Because I could talk to you for I would a fucking love to. day and a half. <laughs> okay, yes, I'll be back. Ne- I'll be back next week. Okay, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Keep on keeping on, brother Matt. People, it's been February 9, twenty twenty two edition. What Peter Shaquille? Bye.